0: backs relentless
1: refusing to give up all right hit that horn babe let's dance what up, what up everybody and welcome to the week 18 fantasy flex props podcast presented by prize picks i am your host chris raybon uh joined as always by my dude sean kerner the top 10 uh most accurate analyst sean kerner congratulations uh for the first time in four years, you dusted me. Like I think I had you, no, two years in a row, I beat you by like one <laughs> spot. And this time I just fell oh. off a little too aggressive, uh coming down the stretch. But you know, you win some, you lose some. But congratulations in this amazing, in this like really difficult season, too. Oh. It's really a great accomplishment, man.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, glad to be back in the top ten. I, I think it's been a couple of years since I've been there. So it's it's good to remember that my projections can be good yeah. sometimes. Uh, and he, yeah, I agree. It was a really tough season. I mean, every time we're doing this pod, we're wondering who's playing and all this stuff. So huge shout out to friend of the pod, Jeff Ratcliffe, who yes. took it down this year. Uh, just a really incredible feat. It's so hard to win. Um, you know, th- this year there was like 173, 200 experts. Like, let me tell you, people, it's really hard to do good in this contest because everybody in it, um, we all respect. And, you know, they they work hard. So just taking it down is just a Massive accomplishment! So huge shout out to our boy Jeff uh,
1: Ratcliffe. Yeah, congrats Jeff. He's a he's a great dude. Like I I got yeah. a chance to spend time with him. At you know when used to go to those fantasy conferences. Um, haven't been to one in a couple of years. You know due to COVID and whatnot. But um, yeah, great great dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, congrats to you. Congrats to him. Congrats to everybody else that finished uh you know highly and where they wanted to. Um, for this pod, this is week seventeen. Uh, let me say again. For this pod. Uh, we got a really great pod here. So week eighteen is one of the best prop betting yes. weeks, probably the best I would say of the, the best. year. Yeah, the best. So, and that's because there are player incentives and, and milestones and, and all these things. So, what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna go through the normal pod. We're gonna have the you know the showdown breakdown for Sunday night. We're gonna have the our top ten, but at the end we'll spend some extra time uh, going through some other incentives that we are or in milestones that we're aware of um, that could impact the prop betting market that you can look out for um, if we didn't cover them in our top 10. So uh, be sure to stick around for that because I think it's going to be valuable uh, information here. There's just so many uh, moving parts and, and, and things that could happen. That um, you know, especially if you like overs too, because this is you know it's the over week as well. Because guys yeah. are aiming for those incentives. So um, really, really great prop betting week. So lots to cover. Let's get into it with the showdown slate for Sunday night. We got the Chargers at the Raiders, a battle for the uh, what looks like a a playoff spot, and it looks like the sole playoff spot. Um, you know, between these two teams, with Kansas City already in, Denver already eliminated. So, um, but I will say this, Sean, Stucky put me onto a a pretty hilarious uh, potential scenario. So, if the Colts lose, I believe that the Raiders and Chargers could both get in <laughs> if they tie. Oh man! Regardless of what happens at Pittsburgh, Baltimore. So, like. There could be a situation where if the Colts get upset, these teams could just kneel down for for 60 minutes.
0: That's not going to happen. The the Colts (laughs) are just going to give Jonathan Taylor the ball until the game is sealed. Like, there's no way. Right? I mean, so, so, you know, clip this later when the Colts lose because Carson Wentz threw another left-handed pick six or something. But... Uh, Yeah, that that would be hilarious, though. Like, the NFL would love that, I'm sure. But I I just don't think there's any way the Colts (laughs) falter here against the Jaguars. I mean, you've been watching as many Jaguar games
1: as me, right? Like, Yeah, all of them. They are just awful. So, yeah. yeah, I think they'll show up. I think they'll show up this week, though. Like, I don't think – this is the week, like, you know, kind of off topic, but uh, kind of on topic, I guess, because still betting is prop betting and all that. But, like, the teams with nothing to play for tend to show up these like this week so it's like will the Colts cover their what is it 16 15 and a half spread probably not uh you know so you know it it could be tougher but yeah we'll talk about taylor but yeah just just wanted to throw that out there that this could be a a wonky game but no they both of these teams should be playing hard uh should be for one playoff spot here so uh, who do you like in the captain spot
0: um so you know the chargers have all the options you know justin herbert keenan Allen. Um, I think, you know, the sneaky play here would be Mike Williams. Um, you know, he certainly has more touch on upside than Keenan Allen. So one game slate like this, I think Mike Williams is probably uh, my captain play. Also, you know, Austin Eckler, this is a spot where they can lean on him heavily. It seems like they've been limiting. Uh, his his rush attempts all season, so this is a spot we could see 15 plus carries from him, and of course, you know his receiving usage. So I think Mike Williams and Austin Eckler are the guys going to key in on the Charger side, and also you know the Raiders they have two players I think um, are probably going to be under roster in the captain slot. The first is Josh Jacobs. You know this is essentially a playoff game if you know the Jaguars lose uh, to the Colts. So um, you know I could see them leaning on Josh, Josh Jacobs heavily here, and you know the. Chargers ranked dead last in run DOA. So, this is a great matchup for Jacobs. He's really the true workhorse back for the Raiders right now. He's had four plus catches in six of the past nine games. Uh, So, there's no reason not to like Josh Jacobs here. So, I think he could be seen in the captain slot. And we'll have to see what's up with Darren Waller. He could return here, um, you know, even if he's not 100%. Like, he has, you know, captain like upside. um, So, he could be under rostered here. So, I'll be looking at uh, Darren Waller as well.
1: Yeah, Waller's interesting. You know, he did come off the COVID list. Um, They're saying he's going to play and gut it out here. Uh, Maybe he's used more as a decoy, so maybe that opens things up more for a guy like Renfro again. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we kind of have to see where where Waller's health is at, you know, minor the practice reports. But, um, yeah, I like the Mike Williams call a lot because the Raiders play the most zone defense in the league, and Mike Williams averages 2.2 yards per route uh, against zone coverage. That's actually more than – keenan allen who's at 1.74 uh, according to pro football focus mm-hmm. so mike williams in these kind of matchups cooks and i like herbert as well in this spot i think this could be a monster herbert game um you know he really rips up these you know single high safety defenses and and you know the, the texans a couple of weeks ago remember they're a, a too high safety look and they upset the chargers and herbert looks sloppy but earlier in the year um they played this this raider team and herbert just cooked. I mean. I think his final stat line with the yardage was only like 222 because he did they didn't, they got up, but he had three touchdowns. I think he started the game on like a completion streak. So I think Herbert shows up here, which, you know, also puts Allen obviously in the mix, but yeah, I think that Herbert Williams stack um, is a good one. Uh, and for the Raiders. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's Josh Jacobs. I mean, they have to lead on him regardless. I don't think they want Carr throwing it up a ton in this kind of game just because I think the Chargers' offense um, is going to have success, so they're they're probably going to want to kind of limit that by like keeping Jacobs on the field and, and running the ball and bleeding the clock. Uh, what about for your DFS cheat codes? Yeah, so
0: for the Chicos, you know, it's going to be guys just slightly under the radar. So on the Chargers side, uh, I'm still trying to figure out which one of these two I'll have more exposure to. But you know, a guy like Jalen Guyton or Josh Palmer, like either one of those guys can make a huge catch here uh, and break the slate. So I think those are the guys. Um, they'll be keying on it. And like you said, Justin Herbert uh, tears up zone. And I have like in my spreadsheet, um, which guys excel better against Manvers zone and like all the chargers are bright green. So that just tells me that it's really Justin Herbert uh, that tears it up. So, you know, like Guyton, uh, he's certainly a benefit in matchups like this. So I might have uh, more shares of Guyton, but either one of those receivers I think is in play. Um, we'll have to see what's up with the the tight ends, but yeah, like Jared Cook, is certainly in play, but you know, these one game slates, the Trey McKitties and Steven Anderson's of the world um, are also in play. So, you know, those are guys they will be keen on as well. Uh, the Raiders, it's, it's too top heavy. So, you know, a guy like Hunter Renfro, like, like you said, if uh, Darren Waller is active, maybe Renfro's, you know, roster ship is down and that's going to, you know, be like a buy low opportunity on him kind of um, Zay Jones love Zay Jones. Um, but you know, th- there isn't too many under the radar guys. Like I said, there's both these teams are kind of top heavy. So I- I'm probably just sticking with, you know, Waller Renfro Jacobs on the Raiders side, but on the Chargers side, I-, I think the cheat codes are these ancillary receivers, uh, Palmer and Guyton.
1: Yeah. And specifically Guyton, I think, cause so I'm looking at the yards per route versus, you know, zone versus man this year. Guyton has 1.5 versus zone and 0. 0.5 versus man but Palmer, he has just a 0.98 versus zone 1.8 versus man. So he's doubly good against man coverage. So it seems like Guyton, you know, is that guy that when they, when they get those zone coverages, he's the guy that kind of steps up a little more. So Um, of of those two, I really like Guyton and then yeah, Jared Cook, I think, remember the first matchup, the Chargers also used a tight end, uh, a ton in that match. I think, I think like, all, I think they had three different tight ends catch a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Parham was one of them. Yeah, I believe Parham, yeah. Anderson, and, uh, and and Cook each caught touchdowns. Yeah. Let me double check that. But yeah, it was uh, it was a big day for their tight ends. Let's see, they had yeah, Cook got one, Parham got one, and oh no, and Eckler got one. So Anderson oh. didn't get one, but he, Anderson got a 34 yard catch. So of course, yeah, the, the, the tight ends were were heavily involved in that game plan there. And uh, yeah, Allen only had 36 yards on, on seven catches and 11 targets. Mike Williams only had one catch on a, on a, a four targets for 11 yards. I still like Williams, but yeah, it, it, it could be a tight end heavy game plan uh, for the chargers in this one. So uh, like how about, that one, but. How about
0: about uh, Deshaun Jackson? Like it, nothing stands out here. Obviously he's always in play for a big touchdown, but it seems like, the Chargers are more willing uh, to concede, you know, rushing yards to Josh Jacobs than they are allowing a deep ball to, to Deshaun Jackson, right? This isn't a good spot for him.
1: I mean, if the Chargers defense looks like it had some of these last few weeks. true, Yeah, <laughs> maybe, but you know, they're, they're kind of mid, they're 17th in deep past DVOA. So it's not been, you know, really bad. It's, it's been kind of average, um, not as good as they would like. I would. I don't mind Jackson because, like you said, there aren't many options on the Raiders. I think Zay Jones will be very popular as that kind of cheapest option on the Raiders. So uh, Brian Edwards. I mean, his snaps are down. You can't really trust him. Uh, Um, They just. He just doesn't get separation, and so uh, that kind of leaves Jackson as the only other guy. Especially if you know Waller's going to come back. You're not really going to be able to use Foster Moreau. So yeah, I think Jackson's, he's that one guy. any showdown slate, I think you play exactly. Jackson. So yep. and who knows what his, I mean, he signed midseason, so they're probably not, but who knows what his contract incentives are. I haven't seen anything, but wouldn't, you know, veteran like that, you wouldn't be surprised if uh if he had a little extra incentive there. So uh yeah, I like that Deshaun Cole. Uh, all right. Let's get into our top 10 props of the week. Sean start us off with quarterback.
0: Uh, So I'm sticking with my Taylor Heineke under 200 and a half passing yards against the giants, you know, passing yard props can be tricky because you know, there's such a wide range of outcomes compared to rushing props or receiving props. Um, So I'm looking for any edge I can. And when an in game benching is a real possibility. And by say real, I mean like just five to 10% chance Kyle Allen might play some in the fourth quarter, you know, that, that offers some edge for, you know, taking the under here. Um, And, you know, even if Heineke plays the entire game, he's gone under this number in three of the past four games. You know, the the football team is a very run-heavy team. They're facing the Giants who are being forced to start Jake Fromm here. So Heineke might not have to throw that much in order to win. So uh, there's multiple angles why I like this, but just the chances of Kyle Allen uh, getting some playing time in this really, you know, lowers his floor. Uh, But I understand there's some incentives I need to worry about when it comes to Heineke.
1: Yeah, so uh, my understanding is that if he plays sixty percent of the snaps in this game and, and gets a win, uh, he unlocks some contract incentives. So I think you know at least he's going to be incentivized. Yeah, and uh, they shouldn't have a problem winning this game, you know, given Jake Fromm is starting. But uh, it is something to kind of keep in mind here. But you know, they might you know, like you said, they might pull him in the fourth. He only needs sixty percent, so um, it's it's not a major concern. It's in all likelihood, I think we do see some Kyle Allen. Uh, you know, to close out the year.
0: Yeah, so the incentives aren't great for me, but still, like you said, if he plays three quarters, they lean on Antonio Gibson, Jared Patterson. You know, run heavy game plan. They go up twenty nothing. It's the fourth quarter. Like I don't expect the Giants to put up many points. Like um, he could hit his incentive, and I hit this prop. So I think it's it's going to be a win win situation.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this they, if they don't win the game, that would. I mean, it would be great. It, it would. That would be the only thing that would kind of. You know, mess it up if they're like trailing, but I highly I got doubt it. that. <laughs> hey, I think they're really motivated. Um, yeah, you know, after Joe Judge made his. Remember, comments. Jake Fromm
0: got benched for Mike Glennon, so. who threw for
1: twenty four yards last week. Yes, yeah, like I saw the the stat line, and I, I was like thinking something was missing from my data. Like I thought like the Giants used another quarterback for the rest of the game. And <laughs> I know, I'm just like, wait, no, right. <laughs> it was just, it was just all glad it. Cause like, usually you hit like both of them come in. It's like every <laughs> I'm watching these games and it's just like, you know, they're both in there. And I'm like, wait, what, where's Jake Crom's game wide?
0: I did the same thing. Like I was importing data. And I was like, wait, that that's an error. And I looked and nope, that's correct. 27 yards. So, so yeah, like the Giants could be, you know, helping the football team run out the clock too here. So that yeah. that's only going to help the prop even more.
1: Uh, for my quarterback prop, I'm going with Justin Herbert, over 265 and a half passing yards. Uh, I know he didn't clear it in the first matchup against the Raiders, but he has done so in 10 of 16 games this year. Uh, and as I mentioned, he kills these non-cover two defenses. Uh, he's great against zone defenses. The, he averages over a yard uh, per attempt more uh, against zone defenses. So uh, in this you know playoff kind of environment here. Uh, I think he is a good bet to go over this. Remember, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams combined for just 47 yards uh, in the first uh, matchup between these two teams. I think that's an outlier. So you give them their normal, even anything close to their normal uh, averages. And I think Herbert goes over because I think he's going to be very efficient uh, against this Raider D. So going Justin Herbert over 265 and a half passing yards.
0: Yeah, this one stood out as well. Like his market has been in this range the past couple weeks, week 16. Uh, it dropped to 265 because Keen Allen uh was out. Uh and then last week they were facing, you know, Drew Locke and missing two of his top receivers. So they were favored uh to win that game pretty significantly. So like this week it should be up closer to that 275, 280 yards that we're used to projecting him in a must-win game. So yeah, this this stuck out to me as well, just being too low. I'm projecting him uh closer to like two eighty.
1: Yeah, I have him even a little higher than that just, just for the matchup. Yeah. Um but yeah, his I think his season average is about 289. So he's he's been uh, he's been effective. Yep. Uh, all right, we going for your first running back prop.
0: So I'm going the other side in this game. I'm going with Josh Jacobs over 15 and a half rushing yards against the Chargers. Uh, So the Chargers, you know, the run defense ranks dead last in DDOA. They practically invite the run. And, you know, I think the Raiders are going to lean on Josh Jacobs here because this is essentially a playoff game. There's no reason to hold back right now. Um, And, you know, he's been their clear workhorse back, um, you know, all season. So this is a game where I would not be surprised if he sees 20-plus rush attempts. Just just 50 yards is too low Uh, most of the time. The Chargers have allowed – uh, 16 different running backs this season, at top 50 yards. So this is just a no brainer bet for me. Uh, I'm projecting Jacobs closer to 65. Uh, and I just think he has a really high floor here. So love is over 50 and a half rushing yards.
1: Yeah. I mean, running backs against the chargers, you just, it's kind of like an auto play at this point. Uh, the only thing that really hurt could hurt Jacobs is if they get down in the game quickly, which, you know, always a possibility, but even with that, I mean, then he'll probably just get some, some easy, like, you know, eight yard draw yeah. play type situations. Uh- because, uh, you know, they're, they're not really playing the guys behind him too much anymore. They're giving him a lot of snaps nowadays with Drake out. Uh, for my running back prop, let's go with my guy, Rex Burkhead. Over 40 and a half rushing yards against the Titans. He's been over this in each of the last three games. And I, I'm i starting to think I know why. You know, the Texans, obviously, bad team, but team with a lot of veterans, you know, more than typical for a kind of bottom feeding team that's in rebuild mode. Rex Burkhead being one of those guys, he gets a uh, $125,000 contract incentive. So Rex Burkhead needs 103 total yards to unlock a 125K contract incentive. And he's also just playing for his next contract, you know, in a week. So uh, I think it's no coincidence that he's gone over this number each of the last three games, despite this you know, team, obviously not a very good run blocking team. Um, you know, but they're just kind of feeding him, and I've I've been pointing that out these last few weeks on the pod, and I think it continues here. You know, this is Houston's Super Bowl. I think they have a good shot at you know making things tough for Tennessee. Remember last year, Tennessee had a must win against the Texans, and Watson, I believe, was playing, and they it, they Texans got up and forced the Titans to kind of play comeback mode the whole game, and it was like a forty one thirty eight. Uh, game so i think you could see really crazy things happen in this houston tennessee matchup it happens every year so uh either way i think they feed burkhead and get him over uh try to get him close to that uh 103 total yards which means in all likelihood he gets over uh 40 and a half rushing yards so like the burkhead over for the four straight game i think he goes over this number
0: yeah. So, I mean, you've been the Burkhead whisperer for over a month now, it seems. So I'm not going to argue here. If he does hit this, you have to buy a Rex Burkhead jersey with your winnings. Right. Like you have to promise me that you have to because you've been calling it. He's been tearing it up. So, yeah, I'm not going to debate over 40 and a half rushing yards. Seems easy in this spot. Should be a lock for 15 plus carries. Right. Like Yeah. At this even point, have to be, he doesn't have to be that efficient to clear it. So, yeah, very high floor.
1: Yeah, I, I've been looking for a new t- a Texans jersey. It's one of the few teams I don't have a jersey for. I had my eye on like a J.J. Watt, you know, but I mean, hey, Rex- <laughs> you got to go to Why not? <laughs> I can't, you couldn't can't do the Watson after what happened. So uh, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, but probably cancelable. Uh, all right, hey, let's go. It's uh, what's your second running back prop?
0: Uh, So I'm going Devin Singletary over 59 and a half rushing yards against the Jets. So, you know, he's the clear lead back for the Bills. Um, He set his career high in rush attempts in week 15 with 22, only to top that again last week with 23 carries against the Falcons. So they're clearly leaning on Singletary. Heading into the playoffs, this is a matchup where they're going to lean on him again against the Jets. Um, And I'm hearing that there could be inclement weather in Buffalo. So I'm not factoring that in my projecting this early, but that's only going to help. Um, So right now, you know, I'm projecting Singletary closer to 67 and a half rushing yards. But that would only go up if, uh, you know, weather is going to be a concern and they're going to lean on the run a bit more. They did that last week um, with the snowy conditions against the Falcons. So, again, that's another great spot for uh, Singletary to go over his rushing prop.
1: Yeah, and this, this could be a wind game. You know, the, it might not end mm. up raining, but there looks like there could be 15 to 20 mile per hour winds. And remember how the wind affects like that passing game. We saw that against the Patriots, Josh Allen's outside the top 20 and adjusted completion percentage. So he kind of struggles if the, if the balls can't get there, where he's trying to put them. So uh, yeah, I do think they lead on a run here uh, for my second running back prop. I'm going with Jonathan Taylor over 115 and a half rushing yards against the Jaguars. So Taylor needs 266 for 2000. And that's actually <laughs> probably doable for Jonathan Taylor. Yep. I mean, obviously the Colts are going to try to win the game. So, you know, if, if that kind of comes in between that, maybe he doesn't get it, but them winning the game is reliant on feeding Jonathan Taylor. So uh, Jag, the Jaguars are down to 23rd and run defense DV away after being pretty average most of the year. Uh, but I, you know, Taylor may end up doubling this just in pursuit of that record. He's averaging 136 yards over his last eight <laughs> games. So 115 and a half last game of the season, outside shot at at 2000. Uh, I think you got to bang the over here for Jonathan Taylor.
0: Yeah, love it. I always say uh, bet on Jonathan Taylor over against bad teams. And he's essentially become the new Derrick Henry. Uh, Over 100 rushing yards in each of the past four games with one reception total combined the past four games. So what does Derrick Henry always do? Run all over the Jaguars. So love it. And some of these incentives are laughable. Um, And his, what, 266 yards. Uh, that's almost laughable, but not with Jonathan Taylor. He could absolutely do that here <laughs> against the Jaguars. Um, I could see him breaking a couple of long runs. So yeah, one fifteen and a half and a half does seem a bit high, but just given the situation, uh, it's it's definitely an overbet for me as well.
1: And if I remember correctly, Derek Henry in 2020 came into the final game needing. He needed 223, I think, <laughs> to get to 2000, entering yeah. the last game. He got 250. Last, this was last year. Yeah. yeah. And the Titans needed to win the game. So, uh, yeah, don't discount these, like, kind of out there records, like you're saying. Like it, It's laughable for most people, not for the new Derrick Henry. So, yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> right, where are you going with your first receiving prop?
0: Uh, so, I'm going with Justin Jefferson, over 75 and a half receiving yards uh, against the Bears. Um, You know, this is the line he had last week with Sean Mannion under center. Uh, But with Kirk Cousins back, this should be closer to, you know, the low 90s. Um, You know, he's averaged 102 yards in the three-game stretch without Adam Thielen. Um, So with Kirk Cousins back under center, you know, I'm projecting him closer to 88 and a half. He doesn't really have incentives, but he's Justin Jefferson. Could catch a couple deep balls here. Like, this prop is just a bit too low um, and you know, this seems like a spillover of last week's prop with Sean Mannion. So I don't, I don't know why they didn't adjust it up, but this seems, you know, 15 uh, yards too low right now.
1: Yeah, Jeff, the Bears play man coverage at a top five rate. Justin Jefferson is sixth uh, of 103 qualifiers at wide receiver with 3.35 yards per route versus man coverage. No other Vikings wide out or tight end averages more than a yard per route against man coverage. So Justin Jefferson averages more than three times as many yards per route as any other Vikings wide receiver or tight end against man coverage, which the bears play at a top five rate. So yeah, this is, this is, this could be one of those stat padding games. Yes. Justin Jefferson. Yep. Uh, For my first receiving prop, talk about stat padding. We got to go with Cooper (laughs) cup here over uh, 120 and a half receiving yards against San Francisco. Remember, he needs 136 to break Calvin Johnson's record. Uh also believe he needs 12 receptions to break the, the single season. Record. Yeah, he needs no. 11.
0: He needs 11, 11. to tie Michael yeah. Thomas, 12, 12 to break, to break it. it. Yeah, yeah, so
1: 12 for 136 breaks both records. Uh, and, oh, they're facing the 49ers. And I like the 49ers in this game. They're five, they've, they're five for five in their last five uh, against the Rams in terms of winning straight up. But the Niners... Allow the most schedule-adjusted receiving yards per game to opposing number one wide receivers. So this is the perfect matchup for Cooper Cup to put up numbers. And remember, in the first matchup against the 49ers, he put up 122 yards on 11 catches. So... Uh, well within reach. He would literally need one more catch for 14 yards on top of what he did last game to break mm-hmm. two records. Uh, I think that's highly doable for Cooper Cup. So going over 120 and a half.
0: Yeah, obviously you stole this one from me. Uh, <laughs> we were taking the over 135 and a half yeah. on Tuesday's pod. So yeah, this, this line's too low. It's not that ridiculous for Cup to go over 120 and a half, but especially when he's seeking a record. Um, so, yeah, th- this is just a smash spot uh, for Cup. And, yeah, we-, we already said we would bet this up to 135 and a half because we think he's going to break it. So I-, I think you're getting at least 20 yards of value here.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's only – well, yeah, it's only Thursday, and I've already reached my max bet allotment <laughs> on prize picks. Like, they literally oh, – I tried man. to add Cup to another – uh, entry. And they are like, no, you can't win any more money than this on any uh, one player. Like I've already maxed out my Cooper cup uh, on prize fix for the week. So uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. With, with <laughs> <laughs> where are you going with your second uh, receiving prop? Uh,
0: so I'm going with Darnell Mooney over 49 and a half receiving yards against the Vikings. Um, you know, I'm projecting this closer to 58 and a half um, with Justin Fields out due to COVID, you know, Annie Dalton's under center. I'm not saying Andy Dalton's a better quarterback, but you know they're a little bit more pass-heavy with him because, you know, he's not going to opt to pull it and run and scramble. He's going to throw it to Darnell Mooney, so it does give Mooney maybe one or two more chances a game with Dalton under center. Um, and as you'll talk about later on, he has an incentive to get to 71 yards. So a situation like this, I think that definitely comes into play. Um, so the fact that I already like the over, Andy has the incentive. Um, that's, that's when I lock in a bet like this. So I love Mooney over 49 half receiving yards. And the fact that this game is being played in Minnesota and not in Chicago means it's going to be an indoor game. So this week we won't have to worry about weather. Um, so this could be, you know, a sneaky shoot up between Justin Jefferson and Darnell Mooney.
1: Yeah. This is a, you know, one of those games where I think it's just all going to be about stat padding and uh, <laughs> the Vikings, you know, they, you know, they have a pretty good linebacking core, good safeties, but they, so they're, top uh, 12 in DVOA against backs and tight ends, but bottom 20 versus number one receiver, number two receivers, non-number one, number two receivers. Uh, So this is a good spot. And Moody, it's not an incentive per se. It's just a milestone. He would get to 1,000 with 71 yards. Yeah, so there's, yeah, some are milestones, some are incentives. um, But for a a young player, this would be his first 1,000-yard season. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be reasonably important to him, uh, especially he's already their number one receiver at this point. So um, I think it's going to be doable to to kind of try to get them there. Um, So, yeah, I like, love this, love this over. I've already put this in a a few entries as well. Uh, All right. My second receiving prop. Let's go for another record. Mark Andrews over 69 and a half receiving yards against the Steelers. Uh, He needs 141 to break the single season tight end record. So, you know, (laughs) this game, you know, regardless of who wins, it might be, moot in terms of playoff uh in terms of the playoffs if the Colts can win so uh, I still think there's going to be a little bit of that element of kind of you know Ben's last game potentially Andrews could get a record I think you, you might see some some loose some moose playing here between these two teams so uh like Andrews to go over this number I mean he's gone over it in last four games 115 136 125 89 uh so I think he has a good shot to keep it going here and when you look at the pittsburgh steelers their weakest position uh in terms of dvoa is the tight end position they're 17th you know they're pretty solid across the board the top 10 against the top two receiver spots but uh, their weakest position the only position they are below average against is the tight end position so this sets up really well uh for mark andrews there
0: Yeah. And you know, if Lamar is held out again, it's uh, Tyler Huntley, you know, but yeah, it's good. I'm going to raise my projection for Andrew. So love this. And you know, last season when uh, you know, I didn't finish in the top 10 for the fancy pros contest. I blamed it on constantly having Ryan Tannehill ranked too low this year. The reason I didn't finish first, I'm blaming myself ranking Mark, Mark Andrews too low, almost every other, you know, every week. Um, Once Lamar went down, I, I, Dropped him outside of my top five, whatever. So I'm done underrating Mark Andrews. Give me the over here as well.
1: Uh, all right. That is going to do it for the props. And remember, stick around. We'll talk about some more incentives. But just to recap the props, Sean is going with Tara Heineke under 200 and a half passing yards. And you didn't say Tyler Heineke, all podcasts. So congratulations on that.
0: Yeah, that was, obviously I know his name. First Whenever place that happens, just, I have yeah. too many thoughts in my head.
1: <laughs> uh, Josh Jacobs, over fifty and a half and a half rushing yards against the Chargers. Devin Singletary, over 59 and a half rushing yards against the Jets. Justin Jefferson, over 75 and a half receiving yards against the Bears. And Darnell Mooney, over 49 and a half receiving yards against the Vikings. I'm going... Justin Herbert, over 265 and a half passing yards against the Raiders. Rex Burkhead, my guy, over 40 and a half rushing yards against the Titans. Jonathan Taylor, over 115 and a half rushing yards against the Jags. Cooper Cup, over 120 and a half receiving yards against the Niners. And Mark Andrews, over 69 and a half receiving yards against Pittsburgh. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, what's your first Prize Picks Elite Entry for today?
0: Uh, so I'm going with Josh Jacobs over 50 and a half rushing yards against the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers ranked dead last in run defense DVOA. This is a great spot for Josh Jacobs. And this is essentially a playoff game and it's a win and you're in kind of situation. So I think they're gonna lean on Josh Jacobs heavily here. I would not be surprised if you see these 20 plus carries. Uh, So I'm projecting him for around 16, 17 rush attempts for 65 yards here. So I think this prop is about 15 yards too low. Uh, So give me the over 50 and a half rushing yards for Josh Jacobs.
1: My first prize pick elite entry for today. I'm going with Cooper Cup over 120 and a half receiving yards against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, As you may know, Cup needs 136 receiving yards to break the record. The 49ers allow the most schedule adjusted receiving yards per game to opposing number one wide receivers. And Cup went for 11 for 122 in the first matchup between these two teams. So this is a very doable uh, prop to go over. I think he gets to the record. So I think this is at least uh, 16 yards too short here. Uh, for Cooper cup to break that all time record set by Calvin Johnson. So Cooper cup over 120 and a half receiving yards, Sean, where are you going with your second prize pick lead entry for today?
0: So I'm going with Darnell Mooney over 49 and a half receiving yards against the Vikings. I'm projecting this closer to 58 and a half. And that's before even factoring in, he has the incentive to hit 71 receiving yards to hit a thousand yards uh, which is a pretty big milestone for a receiver. This would be the first time he's done it in his career. Uh, so I think he tries to get there. Uh, Justin Fields has been ruled out with COVID. And when, when that typically happens, Annie Dalton does boost my uh, passing yard projection for the Bears. Uh, not that he's a better quarterback, but you know he's going to scramble less. So we're going to see a couple more pass attempts. That only benefits Mooney. And this is an indoors game. Uh, this isn't in Chicago or we're not going to have to like deal with the weather. So uh, I think that helps him as well. So love the over 49.5 receiving yards for Darn. Al
1: Mooney. My uh, second prize picks elite lead entry for today. I'm going with Jonathan Taylor over 115 and a half rushing yards against the Jaguars. He's averaging 136 over his last eight games. They are two, more than two touchdown favorites uh, against the Jaguars. And he has an outside shot at getting to 2000. If he gets 266 rushing yards here. So I, I think that for various reasons, Uh, He's going to have a very, very good chance at clearing this number here. So Jonathan Taylor over 115 and a half rushing yards against the Jaguars. That is going to do it for our elite entry for today. As a recap, Sean's going with Josh Jacobs over. 50 and a half rushing yards against the chargers and Darnell Mooney over 49 and a half receiving yards against the Vikings. I'm going with Cooper cup over 120 and a half receiving yards against the Niners and Jonathan Taylor over 115 and a half rushing yards against the Jaguars. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on the numbers quickly in order to lock in the best lines. If you haven't created a prize pick account yet, check out the link in our episode description, and they'll match your first deposit up to $1, Hundred dollars or visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's ACTION10. All right, now back to the show. Uh, so before we get out of here, I just want to talk about some more incentives. Uh, you could kind of give me your opinion whether you think you know they'll get this if we if there's a way to attack it in the in the prop market. Yeah, so the first one that really stands out to me is Rob Gronkowski needs seven catches 85 yards and three touchdowns to reach uh three different escalators so I think the seven for 85 is almost in the bag like I think that's like a that's like his floor now knowing that (laughs) uh I think they might even try to get him to three touchdowns but that's obviously a lot more difficult but what do you think about seven catches or 85 yards for Gronk because that should be higher than whatever the books post
0: yeah, exactly. I think 7 catches for 85 is reasonable and 3 seems unreasonable, but it is Gronk that we're talking about. Um I just worry about the Buccaneers' ability to move the ball uh to get him in scoring position, but yeah, this is a situation where I'd be buying into it. Uh especially his his receiving yard prop will probably be what around 50 again this week.
1: Yeah. Um so
0: so I agree. I think that uh, a realistic projection would be closer to like 70 when you're factoring something like this in it doesn't mean he's guaranteed to get it but it's it's an incentive right so he's gonna try yeah. uh to get there so yeah like I'll, I'll be looking for his prop to be in the low to mid 50s uh and definitely uh be taking the
1: over here yeah, and probably i mean i th- i think at any time touchdowns not a bad bet for him either like yeah might not yeah. get three but you can <laughs> bet brady's gonna try to get him at least start it off you know like if they yeah. get in the red zone why not
0: that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe he won't get three touchdowns, but they'll certainly be, you know, forcing it to more than they normally do. Um, so yeah, I'm going to write that down.
1: Gronk, anytime touchdowns, definitely in play uh, sticking in that same game. This one you can't do as much with, cause I think Evans, you know, his prop will usually be around this number or higher anyway, especially now with Brown gone, but he needs 54 receiving yards for his eighth straight 1000 yard season. So uh, I think that's kind of his floor in this game. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you think, I mean, if they post the line, what it would be probably closer to like 65 anyway, right? Forever. Yeah.
0: I don't I don't know if you can do anything with this, especially if you're already um, betting on Gronk's overs, you yeah. probably don't want to invest in this one as well. Cause I agree. This is sort of in line with what we'd expect anyway. So I, w- I would be just more willing to just go with the Gronk prop because that is, that is certainly extending what we're normally projecting from. That's, that's kind of what we're looking for, uh, for this week 18 kind of prop betting.
1: Uh, okay, here's an interesting one. AJ Green needs 10 catches and 75 yards uh, to hit two different escalators. Um, he has kind of escalating things. He's already hit a bunch for, you know, six, seven, and 800 yards. Now he's at 825. So he gets another escalator for the 900 um, and, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 catches as well. So he's at 50, not going to get, you know, to 70, but 60, 10 catches. I mean, it's not the craziest thing. So, they're facing the Seahawks. The Seahawks are the second most zone-heavy team yep. in the league. And A.J. Green, among the receivers that the Cardinals will have active, A.J. Green leads all Cardinal active pass catchers with 2.32 yards per route against zone coverage. So this is an A.J. Green type of game. I mean, 10 for 75, I, probably, you know, his reception prop will, what, be like three and a half, and his yardage prop will be in the 40s?
0: Yeah, his reception prop will probably be like four and a half, but the under, you know, might be like minus one forty or something like that. So um, yeah, I, I would look at the uh reception prop. And yeah, 75 yards. That's certainly doable. Like you said, this is a great spot for him, regardless. Um, so his receiving yard prop would probably be in the 50s, right? So yeah, this is definitely one that I'm buying in and on. Like I'm totally behind this because of the matchup. I'm probably already projecting him over anyway. And he has this sort of incentive. So yeah, this is one I'm going to be on as well.
1: Uh, and then so Kyle Pitts. now he's banged up, might not yeah. play, but 59 yards for the rookie tight end record. If he plays his prop might be in this range. Um, do you risk it with, if he suits up and he's not, you know, we know he's probably not a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I think the only reason they would suit him up is to go for this. Right. Uh, yeah. He did look like he pulled his hand. pretty bad. They have to start playing for 2022, but Um, if he injures his hammy even more, he'll probably be fine for the start of next season. So if, if he's active, I will be, uh, taking the over on this as well. This is a pretty significant, uh, prop. And we were talking about this before the season, like in order for him to hit his ADP, he essentially has to break the rookie record, uh, for tight end and he might do it. So yeah, this is a significant one. And if he is active, I probably will be taking his over
1: here. You got People are taking him over Mark Andrews though. Like that, <laughs> that kind of, you know, oh, that, that's yeah. why, that's why no one's really happy with Kyle Pitts. He, you know, it's like what, one touchdown, one touchdown. That's yeah, the that's killer. Tough. Um, so yeah, you know, the numbers look good, but I, I know it was probably a frustrating season for a lot of people Yeah, And um, that took him, uh, me included. I had him, I had him in some spots, you know, once his ADP started to drop a little bit. Yep. Um, Jamar Chase, 45 receiving yards for the rookie receiving record. Now, this is interesting because it almost seems like you could go the reverse because Chase is receiving props usually, I mean, especially after last week. Uh, and, and, you know, you do have Kyle Allen, so maybe it's lower. But, I mean, I would imagine Chase's prop is like maybe 20 yards higher than this. Do they just play him to get the record? And, it, like, do you take a chance on the under here? Do you still go over? Do you do nothing with it? This is one I'm probably not going to touch. There might not be a prop for him, yeah, uh, if I'm true. being
0: honest, because uh looks like Burrow's going to miss Mixon's out. Uh, the Bengals really have no reason to send him out there. I, I, right now, I'm projecting the Bengals, the their starters, you know, like Higgins, Chase, and Boyd for just like a quarter maybe, uh, which is enough time for <laughs> Chase to get this number. Yeah. So, um, I think he still could get it in just a quarter, but I, I just don't think books will offer a prop for this.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's uh, getting but, it. if he plays, he's getting it. Like they're oh, getting yeah. him if, those 45, they're getting him like, those 45 yards.
0: But like if books offer, like, a, I, I just don't think they're going to offer a prop yeah. is what I'm getting at, but I can't imagine they're going to float like a 75 out there or something. I, I would go the under, um, but I, I think there's going to be no prop for him. And he barely goes over essentially yeah. when he goes over this prop, that's when they'll just pull him from the game. Like that's, that's how this is going to get handled. Uh,
1: Okay. A couple other ones. So DK Metcalf needs 91 yards for his second straight 1000 yard season. He's been kind of frustrated, a little squeaky wheel. So I think they get him this, he was limited in practice Wednesday with a foot injury, but I mean, if you're limited, I I mean, I think he'll be fine for Sunday. So, I mean, 91 yards, that's going to be higher than the books post Mm -hmm. for him. Almost certainly. Uh, I like this one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is going to It's, it would be over, you know, either an over or a pass for me. Um, but he is banged up. I don't know if he cares for his second thousand yard season. True. Um, and this might conflict with the Russell Wilson one that you're going to mention later uh, where he has to get over a 66% completion percentage. So maybe he just doesn't chuck it up to DK Metcalf to try to get his, maybe Russ is a little bit selfish. So that's kind of a, you know, a reverse correlation play here, but um, certainly, you know, Metcalf, the last game of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if
1: he goes off. But uh, I'll have to think about this one a little bit more. Yeah, I like it because Seattle has nothing to play for. And True. we've seen Metcalf kind of been forced the ball in the past when he's, you know, kind of unhappy. And so, like, I think a thousand yards, he's already got, what, 12 touchdowns. I think that looks a lot better than like 900 80 (laughs) you know what i mean i i think i think they're gonna want to go to him in this spot Uh, and a matchup is actually good he winds up on the left side the cardinals are a top three pass defense in dvoa but they're 22nd on passes to the offensive left so this is kind of it's kind of tailor-made for metcalf to to go off here
0: i agree and you said something really important you said this game doesn't mean anything that's that's when i factor these in a little bit more if it was like the the chargers raider game which yeah. is essentially a playoff game. If Mike Williams needed 98 yards or something, I almost wouldn't factor that in because no. just he's going to have to get the 98 yards within the game plan that they put together to win the game. Whereas, like you said, the, the Seahawks have nothing to play for. So if they just ball out to get DK 1,000 yards, that, that could absolutely happen. So uh, these games where it's meaningless, but there's incentives, that's when I factor them in even more.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's like, for example, cup, I think the reason he's just got a great matchup and could like, he's like so close to doing it with his media yeah. anyway, that I like it. And yeah. then Gronk, I think just because he's Brady's guy and they really, I mean, yeah, they're they're playing for something, but you know, Brady can kind of do that for these guys. So like <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of goes by case by case, but I agree. I think this is the optimal scenario. It's just like, they're completely out of it. He's got a, a perfectly within reach, um, you know, milestone or incentive or whatever it is. And, and I think that's where you get it. So, yeah, Mooney and Metcalfs really stand out amongst those guys that are, you know, non-Cooper Cup, yep. non-Taylor. Uh, George Kittle needs 100 for 1,000. That's one where it's the opposite. It's like that might be hard to do, you know, with the Niners trying to win the game. So, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't think he cares. I mean, he's had with Trey Lance
0: under center too.
1: Right. Right. Like so, that hurts. um, yeah, I don't think Kittle is, is in play here. Uh, who else although that? that
0: line, that line a few weeks ago, uh, would have been close. Uh, what was it? Week, uh, 10 to 12. Yeah. A hundred yards, three games in a row. But again, that was with Jimmy G healthy, Jimmy G under center. Uh, but yeah, just this spot, this is, this isn't a prop that I think I'm going to be touching.
1: Yeah, I mean, and is back at practice. He says it's just a pain tolerance thing, so he may yeah. go. Um, if he does, that's big because uh, the Rams play the second most zone, I believe it is, and uh, Kittle weeds all tight ends in yards per out against zone coverage. So that's uh, – yeah. it, it would be doable if Jimmy G's there, definitely. I uh, already mentioned Burkhead and Taylor at running back. So, yeah, uh, quarterback, and these are tough. I mean, I don't really think he can do much with, with quarterback. Um prop just because they're usually so efficient in terms of the market anyway, but Russell Wilson uh, gets an incentive if he finishes with a 66% completion rate. So he's a little below that now. So, uh, but it's certainly possible. Um, That could mean a lot of, you know, maybe you go over his completion prop, maybe he throws like a lot of high percentage looks, but that doesn't seem like Russ. So I don't know if this, mm. I don't really know if that's something that's going to matter. Um, Aaron Rodgers, if he finishes top three in completion rate, but so that means he may actually play if he goes eight for eight and Kyler doesn't improve, he would he could jump Kyler. Um, so that's also one of those things I don't think it really matters, um, either. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Tom Brady 488 <laughs> to break the all time passing record? That's that's in the bag, right? Like he's easily getting 488. Well, I mean,
0: he already has the incentive, uh, for Gronk and Evans True. to have a big game, yeah. so they could just meet before and be like, let's let's all go for this together. Uh, so I wouldn't put it Pass Brady. It'd be nice if he had Antonio Brown to help him out with this. Um, but yeah, it's Tom Brady. If you don't think he's thinking about this, you're crazy. So I think he'll give it a shot. It's not not the greatest matchup um, to, to have to get nearly 500 yards, but I don't know, maybe last week he was trying to set up, you know, like a chance this week. He had 410 yards against the jets. They had that trailing game script almost the entire game, the crazy game. Uh, so yeah, he might give it a shot. So I, I think his, his passing yard prop will be in play. It should be close to like, what two ninety?
1: Yeah, that's an over. You got to. Yeah, it, I right? would.
0: Yeah, he might not get
1: this, but I, I think he will, will go over whatever the the passing prop is because he'll give it a shot. And they might just come out passing every play because remember yeah. their backfield is a little. I mean Vaughn is going to play. It looks like, but you know Jones is bang, Jones is out. Looks like, and Fournette's been out. So it's not like and, you just want to kind of overuse Keyshawn Vaughn here just in case. You know you don't want to have you don't have the buy. So it's not like you're. Um you're you're gonna be able to to have that extra week there. So you don't want to come into the 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 first week with like all three running backs potentially out. So yeah. Yeah,
0: get Le'Veon Bell involved here uh yep. in the passing game. You know, they're using him in like the Joe Bernard role. So yeah, I could see just them abandoning the run out the gate, especially if, if Ronald Jones is out, like you know, definitely yep. has a shot to to clear this.
1: Yeah. So that's uh yeah, that's about it. Um I'll you know there's nothing not much you can do with these. Maybe some sites you may have sacks, mm-hmm. but Chris Jones needs a sack for for 10 for an incentive. Jadevion needs two sacks to reach an incentive. Uh Hassan Reddick needs two. Calais Campbell, we need four and a half. That's not gonna happen. Marcus Golden needs two. Preston Smith, one, three, and five uh unlock escalators in terms of sacks for him. Dante Fowler, a half a sack, two and a half. Uh, uh, would also unlock incentive. So, I mean, maybe if you want to bet the overs on the team sack totals in these, or yeah. some sites, I think Prize Picks does post, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a sack or two. Well, they have um, like
0: um like defense, like fantasy points, yeah, for defense, yeah, things like that. That you know, these players trying extra hard to get sacks can only help. Yeah. Um, and TJ Watt, he's one and a half sacks away from yep. breaking Strahan's single season record, so that's another one. But that that might be more well known. Uh, where these these under the radar ones, you'd be surprised how much like books don't don't really factor that in. So there's probably more of an edge, yeah, attacking these where where you can.
1: Right. So yeah, and it's you know also notable. if you're playing DFS, you know maybe that kind of tiebreaker if you're deciding between some defenses, you know maybe a defense you wouldn't normally yeah. look at. You know the Cardinals have you know have a, a guy or two. The you know the Browns. I mean that game is gonna be a shit show anyway. But <laughs> if Clowney's going for like two sacks, that could be interesting if he if he suits up. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that's gonna do it for our week eighteen props pod. Ran it a long because we just you know it's great. This is props week essentially, uh, in the betting market. So wanted to make sure to uh, cover everything. Uh, obviously check out our content at actionnetwork.com and fantasywabs.com. Follow us in the Action Network app. Uh, Sean's at, at the underscore odds maker. I'm at, at Chris Rabon. Uh, you can follow our prop bets as, as we bet them. You can track your own. Our Twitter handles are also the same. So be sure to follow us there as well. And uh, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Uh, oh, and one more thing. Uh, so we don't have any more Monday pods because there's no more Monday Night Football, uh, no more waivers. So we'll be back with the main slate pod you know for the start of the playoffs and then we'll still do the props episode on friday so no monday pod this week but uh still doing the other two episodes uh, as usual so so next time let's get this money